An interesting piece of news came out of the Amazon Synod yesterday, and straight from the mouths of those committing what can only be described as more heinous abuses from those too deeply embedded with the pagans. These abuses are of the kind that come only when those committing them have internalized some of the pagan and worldly values they're surrounded with when they spend too much time in the pagan environment, and only have their poorly catechized faith to fall back on, a faith corrupted by the plans and changes laid out in the conciliar era of the church. Again, the Amazon Synod did not come out of nowhere. If Francis had inherited a perfectly healthy Catholic church, he would have had a much harder time selling a synod that engages in syncretization of the faith with paganism than he is now because most of his forebears since the council helped set the stage for the synod and the effects that environment has had on the faith of most Catholics is much of the cause of this nightmare today. What I have for you today is the story of an incredible abuse of power and overstepping of boundaries in the Amazon by missionaries who are now at the synod, promoting changes in the church to validate their abuses. So brace yourself for more abuses because this time these are of the sacramental variety. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons of this channel for supporting this work. It is greatly appreciated. If you want to support the work of this channel, you can do so by going to Subscribestar or Patreon and pledging as little as $1 a month and get access to patron-only livestreams and early access to some of my larger videos. You can find links to Subscribestar and Patreon in the description of this video, as well as other options to support this channel. Also, keep an eye out for some patron-exclusive content coming in the near future. Thank you, and God bless. So today's bit of joyful news comes straight from an article written by Vatican propaganda minister Andrea Tornielli, a noted sycophantic journalist in Rome whose adoration of Francis earned him a top lay post in the Vatican. I have a headline from the Vatican News Agency, and its headline is, Amazonia, the women religious who hear confessions. The first briefing of the Synod hears about the experience of women religious in villages where priests visit very rarely. We cannot give absolution, they say, but we think of the comfort we bring the person. Yes, that's the headline in the deck. <laughs> These people don't know how to write short things. But all right, then. We have women religious in the Amazon hearing confessions, but not giving absolution. What in the world is that about, and what's the point? Tornielli's article opens with a quote from one of these women religious, and I'll let you tell her, let her tell you herself about what it is she and her sisters have been up to in the Amazon. Quote, We are present everywhere, and we do what a woman can do by virtue of her baptism. We accompany the indigenous people, and when priests cannot be present, we perform baptisms. If someone wants to get married, we are present and we witness to the love of the couple. We have often had to listen to confessions, but we have not given absolution. In the depth of our hearts, though, what we have said that the humility with which this man or woman approached us because of illness or because they were close to death, we believe God the Father intervenes there. End quote. Okay, then. Why are they hearing confessions? They say they cannot give absolution, so why are they hearing confessions? And why is this woman telling everyone at the Synod about this? I know exactly why she's talking publicly about this, for two reasons really. One, to help make the case for ordaining older married men in clear violation of the traditions of the Latin Rite, and two, because one of the purposes of this synod is to, in the words of the article I quoted yesterday from the National Catholic Fish Wrapper, to recognize a ministry of women. Remember folks, in addition to annihilating the natural separation of the priesthood from the laity, these maniacs are pushing to open the door to the ordination of women. Even though Francis himself said that John Paul II closed the door permanently to even any discussion of that, 
and that is a matter of faith for all Catholics to believe that the priesthood can only be comprised of men. Every single person these maniacs put in front of a microphone or put the focus on in any way is done with a purpose. And that purpose can be seen in the Instrumentum Laboris, and in Francis's own words spoken in his opening remarks during his homily on Sunday. I'm going to quote Tornielli's next paragraph in the Vatican article to give you an idea of the abuses going on. Again, this is from the chief journalist for the Vatican. Quote, These are the simple and direct words spoken by Sister Alba Teresa Cadiel Castillo of the Missionary Sisters of Mary Immaculate and of St. Catherine of Siena, who lives in Colombia among the indigenous communities. She describes the situation and difficulties experienced in villages in the Amazon, and the fact that sometimes there are couples who swear allegiance to each other in a marriage pact in the presence of the women religious when there is no priest. Then there are people at the end of their lives or in difficult situations who cannot make their confessions to a priest because there isn't one. These people too turn to the women religious and confide in them the sins they have committed. Obviously the sisters cannot give absolution. They know they cannot perform the sacrament of reconciliation. And the people who trust them know it as well. But they can listen and they can pray. The sisters know they cannot celebrate weddings either, but they can attend them. End quote. Yes, but simply attending the wedding doesn't mean meet the canonical requirements for illicit Catholic wedding either. And I frankly don't understand what the purpose of having a religious who cannot provide absolution listen to you rattle off your sins even if you were in that state near death. Is this some call for counseling? I have an idea, but honestly, she and her sisters shouldn't be permitted to leave Rome without being grilled heavily by a senior member of whatever dicastery oversees the role of religious missionaries, and only after they pledge to stop this kind of abuse. That won't happen, of course, because most of these people don't really believe, now do they? If they did, this synod wouldn't be happening in the first place, and instead the bishops would be requesting help from the African and Indian seminaries that seem to be already sending many new priests to America after their ordinations. Seriously, there are parts in the United States where you go to Mass and you're going to be finding yourself going to Mass with an African or Indian missionary, and that is perfectly fine. But instead, the world is treated to a display of women giving their official report to an approving audience that demonstrates the need to discuss the expanding role of women religious in the church, or at least that's what the purpose of all of this is. Tornielli's piece concludes with some lengthy words from Francis that repeat the traditional understanding of confession and how absolution comes from a priest, but it is wrapped up in the language of brotherly love and fraternity. Fine, whatever. By now we're all used to lengthy group hug words coming from the top that have a vaguely Masonic ring to them. The problem with that, of course, is that sweet and comforting words coming from the top while the maniacs demolish the church and build their ape of the church only makes it easier to sell the new false church of prophecy to the laity. It's why the most vicious condemnations from the Pope are reserved not for Moloch worshippers in society or the human traffickers, or those who use child soldiers and third world militias, or the cartels, or what have you. No, the most vicious language is reserved for those who defend the timeless traditions of the church. It's worth reminding people that papal infallibility is strictly limited to defending and clarifying the things the Pope received from his long, long line of predecessors, and that he is completely able to erroneously speak about the practice of living the faith, and in the case of current pontificate, does so often and with great gusto. And there are, of course, implications for what happens when people organize around that. We live in confusing times, made all the more confusing by our leaders telling us that the evil practices we see going on by members of the church really aren't all that bad. First, in the abuse crisis engulfing the priesthood, 
as demonstrated by the number of pardons to men like that given by Francis, and how many he keeps in his inner circle, and second in the abuse of the sacraments we see in parishes and by missionaries all over the world. If anything positive is coming out of this, it is the fact that the full scale of this crisis is finally on display for all to see, if only people have eyes to see and ears to hear. The new paganism is very real, and it is in the temple of God now. This paganism comes with a leveling of the priests of God to the laity, and the true faith with the false religions that were crafted by men and inspired by the Lord of the world. Here's an example. At the Synod press conference, an act of leveling was announced. Cardinal Baldessari announced that beginning with the session following the infamous press conference on Monday, members of the Synod may wear their clerical suits rather than their cassocks and soutanes. And I've seen some trads online saying, not seeing the clerical suits part, just going right to suits. They're envisioning people in neckties and suit jackets. Picture how Bishop Barron typically dresses, not in his cassock, but in essentially priestly clericals with the, uh, you know, with his, uh, the cross he wears. Applause, of course, followed from the bishops in attendance. And another act of leveling, bringing the bishops down to the level of the priests. Little will be noticeably different between the bishops and the priests. There are several underlying themes in the synod, and one is the democratization of the church. Hence the ordination of the so-called very probati. Hence the talk of deaconesses. Hence the bringing of pagans into the temple. Don't fall for it. Don't embrace their democratization of the church. That democratization is inspired by one person, and it isn't Jesus Christ. In closing, I'll leave you with the words of Hilaire Belloc in his famous article, The New Paganism, which is available on this channel in full. A link is in the pinned comment. Mr. Belloc correctly identifies where all this paganism will lead. He says of the new paganism, quote, Men do not live long without gods, but when the gods of the new paganism come, they will not be merely insufficient, as were the gods of Greece, nor merely false. They will be evil. One might put it in a sentence and say that the new paganism, foolishly expecting satisfaction, will fall before it knows where it is, into Satanism. And he's right. How did the Catholic Church find itself in this place? By faithlessness. A faithlessness embraced by the laity, a faithlessness lived by those who infiltrated the church decades ago and even centuries ago, a faithlessness caused by the embrace of modernism and the attempt to make peace with the world. Instead of evangelizing the world, instead of bearing witness to the truth of Christ in a time when the world increasingly adopted a culture of death, many of the most influential people in the church embrace that culture of death and in so doing open the world to the new paganism. Even some, if the reports are to be believed, were secretly Satanists themselves, the likes of Cardinal Bernadin and a few other American prelates, as well as some in Rome and in the UK, all dead or forced into retirement now, but all having left their mark on the church that conflates the truth about the nature of life with mundane social issues, all who taught the need to accompany sinners instead of doing what the church has told us is the really and truly charitable thing to do with sinners, which is to reproach them, which is to correct them. That spirit that has permeated the church in the past several decades helped open the door to this sacramental abuse being now bragged about in the Amazon, with invalid marriages being witnessed by women religious in such a way that lends to an illusion of licitness of the act, and confessions being heard without absolution. A mark of the paganism of our culture is the rise of this false psychology, where confessions are given to a secular priest, the psychologist, but no absolution is given. I see no difference between that and what these women are doing in the Amazon. If this concerns you, please keep praying for the church. Those prayers are needed now more than ever.
There are plenty of prayer campaigns being promoted. You may want to have a look at that promoted by Cardinals Burke and Bishop uh, Athanasius Schneider. We must do. We must pray and do acts of penance for the church in this in this dark hour. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.